I'm concerned about our children. I'm really concerned about our kids, man. Um, it's like our kids are just lost, man. It's like they, and it's not all of them, you know, it's never all of them. Never, never all of them. But for the most part, there's a section of children that it's like they don't have a clue, man. This this generation of children that we deal with now, there is no knowledge to a point of Jesus Christ. of Jesus Christ. So it's like, it's kind of like you're talking Greek or Hebrew or French or, I deal with kids every day and I'm amazed at what I see sometimes. I'm amazed at the stuff that comes out of their mouths and the ways they behave and things of that nature. And a lot of times I'm scared for our kids. And I know that there is still time and I know there's still time, I mean, but sometimes you wonder what in the world is going on, man? See kids acting in ways. I see kids cursing out adults. See kids that really don't have a clue that they don't have a clue. And I hate to say that, but it's true. Kids don't have a clue that they don't have a clue. I got it, and people can't see it, but around me, I got a lot of technology right now. You using technology. I've got technology over here by me. Technology is good. It's real good, man. There's a form of technology that has got our children, and not just not only just our children, but to a point the world is just wrapped up in technology. That that's everywhere you go. You see somebody on a cell phone. You have to stop like people checking their phones. Driving down the streets, people texting and doing things. But this cell phone thing with our kids, man, is really a problem. And some parents don't even understand it, man. I see kids that 
And this is not just in school, but this is wherever. I see kids that don't have decent clothing, man, but they got a cell phone. I see kids that don't have computers at home because now you know we've gone away from books in school to where I'd say 87% of what they do now is on the computer. I'm afraid for this generation. Walked in the gym one day, and the gym was full of kids. They were waiting to go to class. All three grades were in there, and it was packed. And this man looked at me. He said, look around. I said, huh? He said, just look around. So I looked around the whole gym. I said, okay. He said, these are the kids that are supposed to take care of us when we get old. That was a... That wasn't too much of a welcoming thought. <laughs> that kind of bothered me a little bit. You got kids now, and it's just real, that tell their parents what to do. I see kids in the stores today acting in ways that we never would have acted. We knew how to behave when we went out in public because mama pretty much told us, when we get in this stuff, <laughs> don't ask for this, don't ask for that. And you knew how to behave. Now kids behave certain ways because they see their parents behaving in certain ways. Kids act out. Kids curse. Kids do drugs. Kids drink. Kids smoke. Kids are even doing things that's only made for married people to do. I remember when I was in Oklahoma, I um, got through preaching one Sunday morning. I think I told you the story before. And but the superintendent of the Sunday school came to me. He said, uh, he said, you ready? He, no, he said, you remember what you said in your sermon? I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> Just got through preaching. Remember what I, said. I said, what part? He said, you said, therefore, be ye also ready. I said, okay, you said I said it. He said, oh, well, are you ready? I said, ready for what? He said, I need a Sunday school teacher for all you. Mason, I was tired. I wanted to just sit down and listen to Sunday school. Hadn't prepared a Sunday school lesson. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then over the course of years, about three years, what I thought was going to be a one-time thing turned into three and a half years. And the class grew so big, man, to where kids were having their friends spend the weekend with them just to come to Sunday school. My pastor came to me. Well, he called me. I was walking in church one day. He said, Tim, I said, yes, sir. He said, come here. I said, uh-huh. 
He said, whatever you're doing to cause my children to come home and talk about Sunday school, he said, keep doing. I took that as a compliment. But while I was teaching them, this is the point I'm getting to, they were teaching me. They were teaching me that I got some parents, someone was saying, my parents out there saying one thing in here. <laughs> but they're doing something else at home. I got some parents that say this and that ain't true. But they were also teaching me about kids at school, man. They were teaching me about how little girls were experimenting with each other at the age of 10 and 11. And don't be surprised because this stuff is still going on. Parents need to be careful about letting their daughters spend the night with their friend, their female friends sometimes. Sometimes they're doing more than spending the night. But one of the problems with our children, Mason, is that our children are not being raised, or a lot of time our children are raising themselves. They're not being raised or they're raising themselves. They don't have the guidance. They, they don't go to church. I talk to a lot of kids. So you go to, I used to go to church. And, and, and it used to be when I lived close to my grandmama, we used to go to church. And when grandmama was here, we used to go to church. Thank God for grandmama's boy. But we'd be in trouble if it weren't for some grandmamas. We'd be a mess if it weren't for some grandmamas raising kids and taking care of kids because mama out here running the street. Daddy still want to be playboy. But thank God for some grandmamas and some grandmamas are going through some hard times trying to raise little teenagers and they in their 60s or 70s. Something happens, something stopped going on, Dr. Mason, because not only do children not go to church, but the children's parents don't go to church. I went to church with a girl. They were, her, her kids were younger, and she said, I let my children decide whether they're going to go to church. I said, they live in your house? She said, yeah. I said, you let them decide whether they're going to go to church. That ain't the way mama rolled. <laughs> that ain't the way mama did things. Mama said, if you live in this house, <laughs> you sleep under my roof. You 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 stay warm by my heat. You stay cooled off by my air. You eat my food. You going to church. You wear my clothes. You going to church. But what happened is the mama stopped going to church because somewhere along the line, their mama stopped making them go to church. Now they got kids and their kids don't go to church at all. Now, some kids are aware of church. They're aware of God. But that's all. They're just aware. They don't know anything about it. And you know why that is? That the parents not doing their job. 
Our children are in trouble. And the thing that get me, Mason, I'm going to let you chime in here, is some of the parents that, let me put it this way, some kids were raised by parents who made their kids go to church, but somewhere along the line, they didn't change. That, that, that urgency about church, and I know we're in this pandemic time frame right now, but even before the pandemic, people were not going to church. Even pre-pandemic, people had stopped going to church like they should. And I thought the pandemic would have drove people to the church after everything else, but people still won't go to church. And yeah, I'm going to keep harping on this. I'm going to keep saying it. Something wrong when you can go work a 12-hour job, 10 hours, 8 hours, wear a mask or two, be around all kind of people but you can't go sit in a church where you can pick a seat nowadays and be by yourself on a row. Most of our churches nowadays don't have any youth. Most of our churches nowadays are, the kids are gone because there's this issue of connecting with the kids. There's a disconnect. But the disconnect happened because folk won't do what Proverbs 22 and 6 say. Train up a child in the way he should go. Talk to him, Mason. Yeah. You, you said What what you're looking at is, <clears throat> is a generation of children that's being raised with no knowledge of God at all. Somewhere in between when we were raised, when we were coming, there's a generation that got use my favorite word, distracted. <laughs> You've heard a lot of people say, when, uh, when I raise my kids, I'm going to raise them the way my mother and father raised me. I'm, I'm going to raise them that way because that's what I know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what works for for me. If it worked for me, then it'll work for my kids. And so they they wanted to be a little bit lenient, especially if the parents were real strict on them. You know, wouldn't let them go here, wouldn't let them go there, wouldn't let them do this, wouldn't let them do that. Uh, even if they was raised in a Christian home, so they. They don't want to be that strict, so they want to give them a little bit of leniency. And so they feel like uh, I shouldn't have to force my child to do what they really don't want to do. And so 
as they were made or we were made uh, to go to church. I mean, it wasn't even, you know, you that wasn't even a discussion that came up. On Sunday morning, <laughs> you were going to church whether you wanted to or not. You were going to church whether you understood what church was all about or not. Because what they wanted to implant in our mindset was that throughout the whole entire week, you do this, you go to school, you play, you have fun, and you do all of these other things throughout the entire week. But on Sunday, on Sunday, there was something special about Sunday. And he was going to church on Sunday. And, and like I said, it wasn't any debatable. You know, it, it wasn't going to be a discussion whether mom, I don't feel like going, or I don't want to go. It's like, yeah, I'm back with you, you're going. Or you got the biggest beating uh, that you ever could get because they was they was real strict on that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was something that was instilled in them all down through the years. And they just believed that what you needed was God in your life. Out, out of everything else that you were getting through the week, they set aside this one day that said, this is your time to go and meet God. And however it turns out, you're going to be in, in the house of God come Sunday morning. And you, more likely you was going to be in there all day. <laughs> you know, not, not just that morning, but you're right. going to be there all day. Oh, wow. And so, they, and, and you look at the, the, the older people back then, they didn't really know as much as people know today. But they just had this type of inclining in them that was passed down from great-grandmother and grandmother and mom, you know, all down through the years. And they just wanted to pass that same type of heritage down because they knew that God had been real in their life. All the years that they've been living, they've been through some things. They've been mm -hmm. through some situations. Uh, my grandmother said it best. She said, you don't get old being no fool. Yes, sir. And so they understood that what was happening to them, that they knew that there was a God. And so they wanted to instill it and pass it on to their children and hope that their children would pass it on to their children's children. And so when, when you look at people back then that wanted to instill that type of a mindset, into children, well, there wasn't much of a distraction there because see, one thing about sometimes forcing you to do something is good. Yes, sir. Because now you get put into a situation or a place such as church mm -hmm. where there's no way you can be in there and totally block your mind out to exactly what's happening, what's going on. Because if the church is real, and the people are real that's in the church, then God is going to show up and show you how real he is too. He's going to meet you right at that place. And you're going to see God at his best at what he does. You know, and we, we talk about all the time, when two or three are gathered together to grin, touching in my name, you know, there am I in the midst. You know? mm -hmm. Well, God's going to be in the midst, man. And if he's in the midst, then there's going to be some things that are going to happen that they'll never forget. And if you talk to people today, you hear them always saying, you know, I remember a time when I was in church and 
pastor prayed for this one guy, you know, and and uh, he, he had a, a problem with his leg. And, and, and I can test to that. I've seen some things happen in my younger days coming up as a child that have stuck with me today to where I know there has to be a God. Watch out. And so when, when we when we look at that, we, we look at this, this generation that we've lost that uh, have got to a place where they're not strict now on the children. And as he was saying before, uh, persons that you talk to say, well, I let my kids make that decision. Now, think about it. Kids. <laughs> all the decisions that they can make about all of the things that they want to do and be involved in. Do you think that church is going to be number one on their list? So why would you even give them that option to choose church or TV, church or Nintendo or, or Sega Genesis or whatever they got out now, whatever the, the video games are? Which one do you think they're going to choose? It's not going to be church. church. It's going to be everything other than church. Church going to be the last thing in their mind. Exactly. Exactly. So to even give them a choice in that area is is, is basically uh, basically put pointing them in the wrong direction, and and you're saying uh, I'm gonna be the one that contributes to your downfall, and we don't look at it like that, but that's exactly what's happening. I'm gonna be the one. I'm I'm the most important authoritative figure in your life right now. I'm your, I'm your parent. Right. And I'm going to let you make a major choice in your life that's going to cause you to go down a dead-end road because I didn't enforce on you what I supposed to have. And that child is going to choose what? When you talk about uh, Proverbs 22 and 6, um, we're talking about foolishness. 22 and 15. 22 and 15. Foolishness is bound up in a child, right? Fool, and, hold on. Foolishness is bound, watch this, in the heart of a child. There we go. That, that's even better. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction will drive. drive it far from it. All right, so 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 first of all, uh, work it, Mason. He, he, he's telling us that what's in a child's heart? Now, a little innocent child, man. That's what we call little angels, little innocent child, you know, or little innocent children. They're they're so innocent. I heard, uh, I think it was Chuck Smith that talked about not Chuck Smith, but Chuck Swindoll. Uh, he, he talked about a child or a baby. He said, as, as a, when you when you basically look at an infant and he's crying, and, and the reason why he's crying is because his father had a watch that he wanted to play with. And he let him start playing with his watch, but then when he thought the watch could be broken, he basically kind of took the watch from him. And when he took the watch from him, the child just had a fit. 
you know, he was crying and kicking and screaming and everything. And and uh when I say, well, one thing about that child, you see him kicking and screaming because he can't have his father's watch. He said, now, if you took all of that rage that's in him right now, that's built up in him because he can't have what he wants to have, he's got enough rage in him to basically commit murder. And do things that he shouldn't do, all because he wants his way. And that's the way we are. We're that same way. If you keep a person from having their way, see, one of the things is, is we don't want to be under authority at all. Don't like rules. And, and when we look at Adam and Eve in the garden, that says it all right there. We don't want nobody telling us what to do. And, and we'll say, well, you know, I don't mind nobody telling me what to do as long as it's right. Well, ain't that the way it started in the garden? It was right. God was telling Adam and Eve and basically told Adam first and then Adam told Eve. And all it was, God was just saying, obey me. That's all you had to do. Just obey me. He's still saying that today. He's still saying that today. So what is it in us that makes us not want to obey a good God who has our best interests at heart? What is it in us? And, and, and we have to look at it starts now with the child, first of all. David said it like this. I was born in sin. And I was shaped in a nigga. Everybody that's born into this world, even as a baby, is born a little sinner. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> he's born spiritually dead. And, and he's born a little sinner. When you look at it, and the, and the reason why I know this for sure, and the reason why whoever listening to this knows it for sure, Tell me this, how many children do you have to teach how to be bad? Is it something that's automatic with them? Or do you have to teach them how to be bad? It's that little sin nature in all of us. It's true. You, you can ask a little child, I'm picking right here. You eat that cookie? Uh-uh. What's that on your mouth? I don't know. You didn't teach him that. Exactly. He's just little. Exactly. And, and why are you always getting on? Boy, don't do that. Stop that. Girl, don't go there. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because it's automatically in them to do bad and to do things that are wrong. We automatically do that. You don't have to teach them how to do that. You, you, they, they're automatically born with that sinful nature to do wrong. What we're trying to do all the time is correct them, discipline them, chastise them, tell them the difference between right and wrong. Because if they didn't have a choice to choose wrong, you wouldn't have to even have that discussion about what to choose. But because the foolishness that's in them is bound up in them now, it not, now he says that the foolishness is bound up in the heart. Of a child. Of a child. Of a child. Yeah. 
Now, where did he learn this from? But hold on. We can't blame it all on the child. It's true. Can't blame it all on the child. That's true. Because remember the phone ring. Can I speak to so and so and so and so? Somebody was speaking. Tell them I'm here. Mama said, tell you she ain't here. <laughs> oh, they ain't to do it. Back on that, that, that thing. Kids get trained a lot of time by observation. A lot of times kids curse because they see folk curse. Sure. They smoke, they drink because they see people doing it. So even though you got kids as youth, they being trained because they watch. You train them how to walk. Train them how to say mama and daddy and all that stuff. There's selective training. But we didn't got to a point now where we think when kids, little baby, do certain stuff, it's cute. And what folks fail to realize is what you think is cute today can turn out to be criminal tomorrow. True. We're going to cut across the field a little bit. They move from a baby to some of these little 8, 19, 11, 12 year olds that talk like adults talk. They act like adults. They behave like adults. They want to do their own things. And you said something. People do not like rules, especially kids. Kids don't understand that without rules, we live in a society that would just be deadly and ooh, painful. I can't get in my car and drive down 485 at 100 miles an hour. I can if I don't get caught. I'm great. I'm grateful to God that He didn't let nothing happen. But we gotta have rules. But there are some households that don't have rules. Kids do what they want to do. Kids say what they want to say. I remember back in the the Old Testament, they were talking about when you train them when they wake up, teach them throughout the day. Teach them late in the evening. Teach them when they're going to bed. When they ask you what this stuff means, tell them what this means. We're not training our kids no more the Lord's way. God's way has become the wrong way to the world, but even though it's the wrong way to the world, God's way will always be the right way. You got kids now that are indifferent to you got kids that don't care one way or another. They say, well, you can love who you want to love. No, you can't. You got kids now that's drinking alcohol at early ages. Leave a kid at home by themselves and leave alcohol out. They see you drink, what you think they're going to do? See, we're training, but we're not training. Yes. At some point in time, some parent got to wake up and say, this is what you're supposed to do. But let's be real, stuff ain't happening nowadays. Because we headed to what we into these last days, but 
people are doing everything but the things of God. And our children are in trouble. Our children are in danger. James says this, to him that knoweth to do good and do it not, to him it is a sin. So that means when you know right from wrong, you're sinning. And our kids are sinning every day. And nothing's being seen. Nothing's being done. This, this thing right here, this thing, this thing, one of the most useful entities in the world that's being abused. It's being abused by adults and the kids are seeing what the adults are doing they doing the same thing. This thing right here, I call them a necessary evil. It's like a bank card. Nowadays, people don't carry cash anymore. They just carry debit cards, credit cards. I was sitting in class today, and a phone call from China came up on my phone. I don't know nobody in China. But just that easy, somebody from China could connect with me. But now we got a generation of kids that all they know, all they want to do, all they care about is a cell phone. The sad thing is parents supply these kids with these things. Ain't it amazing we put everything in a kid's hand but God? <laughs> We give our children everything but God. We give them stuff that'll take them away from God, but we don't want to give them God. We give them sports. You have to have some social, some social release. Most kids now got their own little house in their bedroom. TVs, computers, tablets. Some of them even got refrigerators. We give them everything but the one who gives them life. We give them everything but what they need. And we don't tell them that one day you're going to clock out of here. And that's why a lot of times when a child dies, children are so confused because even though they know about death, they don't understand it. Death shakes up adults. What do you think it does to children? But we're not training our kids. We give them this, and, and a lot of times they're given these things, these gadgets, these electronic devices, so parents can get them out of their hair. Now we let the telephone raise them, we let the video game raise them, we let the computer raise them, we let the Wi-Fi raise them, we let social media raise our kids. 
Some parents don't have a clue of what their kids are doing. They don't have a clue of what their kids do on social media, what they look at on social media, who they're communicating with on social media. They're clueless. As long as that kid is in that room with the door closed, doing whatever, they ain't bothering me. But somebody's got to wake up and see that we're losing a generation of kids to a world of social media and electronic gadgets. We're not doing what God says. Some people don't even understand how precious the gift of being able to bring a child into this world is. There are women who would love to parent a child. There are men who would love to have a child. Some men want to have a child so they can be to their child what their father never was to be. Some women want to be a mother to a child so she can give a child what she always wanted and never received. And there are people that have this precious gift called a child and they obfuscate or they run away from their responsibilities. Again, I see it every day. Grandmothers and grandfathers trying to raise little boys and little girls. Mamas, who knows where? Daddies, who knows where? And so grandmama is left trying to raise a little 12, 13, 14, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 year old kid that's getting more from the world than they could ever get from grandmama and granddaddy because they don't understand how this generation now operates. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Now let's look at that. The way he should go. Which means there's another way to go. <laughs> That's true. And if you like me, and I believe you were, as you said, yeah, you like me because you said it. You lived in your mama's house. You didn't have no choice about going, excuse me, going to church. We were in church. My mama was my Sunday school teacher one time. That was at 945. Then we had 11 o'clock service. Then there was sometimes a 3 o'clock service. Sure. Then there was sometimes a 6 o'clock service. And all that on Sunday morning. Then you got ready to go the school on Monday. And I like how you put that. You're going all week long. Saturday, you get to hang out and kind of digress and maybe play in the neighborhood with friends or if your family was able, maybe you got to go town or something like that. But Sunday was the Lord's Day. You're going to have some connection to God on Sunday. You want to know the connection that a lot of kids have to God nowadays? Is cussing with his name. It's a train up 
the way that he should go. There's a right way to go. And there's a wrong way. And what I did, when I got old enough to get out of my mama's house, I took a break from church. I did. I was tired. I stayed in the bed on Sunday morning. I stayed in there to about time for the NFL today to come on. Watch some of that. Then watch football games all day long. Or watch basketball or just watch whatever. Laid there, just did whatever. But after a certain while, Mason, you know, when it's in you, when it's been put in you, mama didn't put it in me. But mama did. Her and the ladies in the neighborhood and the people at the church. Because back in the day, that saying, it take a village to raise a child. That's really what happened. I had it in me, and I didn't even realize it was in me, even when I wasn't paying attention when I was there. It was still in me. Because mama kept me in place for it to keep getting in me. Right. And so when I got old enough, I took a break. A break. But after a while, something said, I, I got to go to church. I remember I was living up here on Rachel Street, off of Graham and Roddy Avenue. <coughs> and my truck clutch was out, so it was being fixed. But that Sunday morning, I had to go to church. I walked to St. Luke. That's why I got that reconnection. Because the scripture goes on to say that when he is old, he will not depart from it. I didn't depart. I just stepped away. And that's what a lot of people do. That's what a lot of kids have done now. A lot of kids are, are going astray because they don't know about the training they should get. Right. But you can't train what you don't know. That's why kids aren't being trained because some of their parents don't know what to train them. So when we talk about training up a child, when we talk about the way he should go, Proverbs also tells us there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We have to get our children to understand that there is more to this world than this world. There's an option. There's an afterlife. One day, all of us going to get out of here. One day, we all got to give an account. One day, we're going to stand before a God. And nobody's going to have an excuse. Parents are responsible. Being a parent is one of the most important jobs there ever will be. Because it takes a parent to raise a child so a child can go out into this world and do other things. It takes a, a parent to raise a child or a child to understand the ways of life. And, and, and only 
a godly parent can raise a godly child. Sometimes we and folk need to understand that being godly, and I'm not going to get off track, but being godly don't mean that you don't ever do anything wrong. That you don't ever make mistakes. Being a Christian is not easy all the time. That's a whole nother lesson we'll deal with one day, but Godly parents ought to raise godly children or at least raise them to be godly. Because here's the thing, you can only raise a child one time. Now what they do when they leave your house, when they leave from being up under you, is up to them. But at least if you did it right, you know you raised them the way God would have you to do. There's some people that, again, don't know how to train up a child because they've never been trained themselves. There's some people that don't know how to tell their child about Jesus because they don't know about Jesus. There's a generation that's growing up that doesn't have a clue of who Jesus is. There's a generation that's growing up that doesn't have a clue of who God is. There's a generation growing up that doesn't have a clue about the spirit of God. They know about a church because they pass by churches and sometimes they know about Jesus because they heard his name. But you can know something and not know what you know. If I could put it that way, I can know about Jesus, but if I don't have that intimate relationship with him, then I really don't know about what I know. I don't know about him. I don't know about his love. I don't know about his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his love. I don't know about what he did for me. I can hear about it but I don't know about it in depth. And that's because I haven't learned or I haven't been taught. And until parents get back in this word, and that's the problem, we've gotten away from the word of God. I keep saying this, everything is accepted nowadays, but the word of God. Everything's okay nowadays, Mason, but God's word. Everything is right nowadays, but God's word. How is it that everybody has come out the closet and the church ran in the closet when everybody else came out? Now, even if you're going to be a closet Christian, peep out sometimes and share something. But stuff in the closet gets used. Come on out the closet. We weren't in the closet for the devil. Are we in the closet for the Lord? Parents, you got to get down to the fact of training up your children. And, and sometime in order to train your children up right, you got to be careful who you let your children hang around. 
Because one thing I see that a lot of schools do, because everybody that work at a school is not there for a paycheck. <laughs> if the paychecks are not all that a lot of times. Sometimes I see teachers and myself and we pour in the children. And they get what we're saying, but then they get around their peers and their peers suck out what we poured in. And see, Parents, here's another thing, and we're probably going to be on this for a while, because there's a father's role in a relationship, I mean, in, a, in parenting, and then there's the mother's role in parenting, and all too often, the father is absent, and the mother's doing all the parenting, and I'm going to get in trouble right here with Mason, Dr. Mason, because I keep hearing this being said, and we got to clear it up, mothers that are raising children by yourself. Stop telling your children you've been a mother and a father to them. You cannot be what you were not made to be. You may have done some things in the role of a father, but you can't be a father when God made you a mother. There's a role for the mother. There's a role for a father. 